just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the Earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? Him and the gang are probably trying to figure out what the hell happened in Georgia. So are we. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll we get will to get that. to that. Yeah, yeah, we definitely will. We definitely will. Listening friends, thank you for coming back and joining us for another episode of Kenyana Jack Save the World. You know me. You know that fine fellow over there. Let's get to it. Yes. Get- <laughs> As we just mentioned, of course, we're gonna we're gonna dab a little into, you know, the still pending uh results of the midterm elections. But as usual, we're going to give you a little WTF to start out with. So That we are. That we are. Yes. So, I think it is my go-go. It is. You are this going time first. Around. Yes, and there's of course as we have we said pretty much every week since we started this fantastic venture, there's always something to talk about so i'm coming back to something mentioned previously friend of the podcast brett Favre, retired nfl player people are whispering about him again having his hands where they shouldn't be apparently two drug concussion well two concussion drug companies backed by Favre, and a mesh in a massive welfare fraud case overstated their NFL connections and exaggerated the known effectiveness of their drugs during efforts to raise money. What's even funner is that one man in particular, I mean, he's a, a founder, uh, and his, na- his name is Jake Van, let me get it right, Jake Van Landingham. That's Kazoon type. <laughs> if that isn't old money, I don't know what it is. Yeah, that is, that is definitely... <laughs> Old money. (laughs) Two of the companies that he founded based in Florida, keep it in mind, called Prevaricus and Prezol MD are alleged to have received more than $2.1 million in Mississippi funds that were earmarked for welfare recipients. Several episodes ago, we talked about FAR being involved in misappropriation of uh, monies that were marked for people in need. And here he is again. So I'm going to need people to stop playing around and acting like his involvement is just coincidental. They need to stop it. They need to stop it. Yeah, huh? I'm I'm thinking the uh, the DOJ or whatever Mississippi's version of the FBI is, you know, that sort of thing. I think an investigation needs to be open, probably a grand jury and an indictment so we can get this trial going. Yeah. Because you're I'm no I wasn't convinced the first time and now I'm even less convinced that that's possible. To say, oh, it's just coincidence that he happens to be involved. Right. But they're involved. He's involved. They're all involved. Let's stop playing yeah. around and start some yeah, let's let's do that. 
Let's do that. He's definitely knew what was going down. Yeah, and I'm I'm I no longer buy into the fact that he I didn't know it was meant for welfare recipients. Mm-mm, bruh. Mm-mm. Not no, again. He knew. he knew. Not again. So there it is. That guy again. Hmm. Yep, yep. That's uh he 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 definitely knew what was going on and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I get it would Mm-hmm. It wouldn't really matter the state that it occurred in, but let's just say, for example, it was a state like, you know, New York or California. Mm. It would still be horrible, but at least the state isn't 50th and everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're, you're like stealing from like the extra poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why Favre is mentioned in this particular incident um, is that he's an investor in one of these companies. And the company purportedly develops drugs to help um, treat concussions, which include a nasal spray and a cream to prevent or limit them. Frankly, I can understand the charge of overstating their effectiveness because there's just something about the idea of the fact that you can spray it away or rub it away that's weird to me maybe they could test it on Herschel Walker mm mm sorry Mm-mm. i went there <laughs> oh but that's put a pin in that but that's what i've yeah. got. <laughs> yeah, I got i got a great joke for i got a great joke later on when we do get to that so. all right all right and what is your WTF this week, sir? Well, mine is actually, my WTF kind of falls more into the, this is really cool, this is interesting, and uh, something that could really open the door to uh, our knowledge as people. And this is the reporting from CNN, written by, uh, the stories by Christian Edwards, Um, I'm sure, obviously, he got it from other stuff. But um, there is a tunnel that has been discovered under an Egyptian temple that they think might lead to Cleopatra's tomb because that has been lost in time. Mm. Well, well. And, yeah, it's kind of cool. This this archaeologist, Kathleen Martinez, has been on the search for 20 years, and her team has uncovered a um, 1,305 meter long or 4,280 foot long tunnel located 13 meters or 43 feet underground, the Egyptian Ministry for Tourism Antiquity has announced. Um, They're calling the tunnel an engineering miracle. And the excavation has revealed huge religious center with three sanctuaries, a sacred lake, more than 1,500 objects, bust statues, Golden pieces, a huge collections of coins portraying Alexander the Great, Queen Cleopatra, and the Ptolemies. Uh, everyone always forgets that Cleopatra was not actually Egyptian. She was actually Greek. Greek. Mm-hmm. It says, the most interesting discovery is the complex of tunnels leading to the Mediterranean Sea and sunken structures. Exploring these underwater structures will be the next stage in her search for the Egyptian queen's lost tomb. So, um, this is something that if it does turn out to be 
Cleopatra's tomb is will be the biggest find of uh, in Egypt in terms of just sheer size and famousness of the person since King Tut's mm. uh, discovery in 1922. So it's been a hundred years, and I believe the King Tut was also in November. So it's kind of kind of cool <laughs> that you know it, they've announced this. So it is, and clearly, a sister did not want to be found. <laughs> they made right. sure they put her somewhere supposedly safe. And yeah. the fact that it's taken them this long means they achieved their goal. I'll yes. say that. Yes, and they clearly <laughs> achieved it from uh, grave robbers finding it, too, if it has all of this stuff in it. Correct. And uh, if you can, uh, listening friends, if you're listening here, go and Google some of these busts because it's actually, if this does turn out to be... Uh, Cleopatra, these sort of stone statues and these busts and everything, they have aged very well, and it would give you a pretty good representation of what she looked like. Very good. I like that. So, yeah, I I just find this to be just incredibly fascinating and something that, uh, just in terms of increasing the knowledge uh, that we have of the past and everything like that, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal, a phenomenal discovery, and that's why I'm WTF in it because, you know, what the fuck, this is cool. <laughs> you bet. I'll, I'll take that. I like that one. That's good. That's really, really good. So, chugging right along, then. Let's let's get into the the first layers of of what's been going on the last couple of days, and that is the. Like I said, ongoing or still pending results of midterm elections. It's a big letdown for me to find out that our friend Margie Taylor Greene squeaked in there again. Yeah, I kind of knew that one was coming, but mm, I mean, one can hope. But well, yes, you know, yeah. here we are. <laughs> yeah, apparently Lauren Bobart has popped into the lead. By a couple, but maybe her opponent will claim that it was rigged and sue and ask for a recount. Whatever. Because, you know, she was behind and votes can't change once you're behind. You know, like, that's just what Donald Trump has told us, that once once someone is behind and you continue counting votes, Mm -hmm. they stay behind. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I don't don't think any vote after midnight last night should be counted. Mm. (laughs) What did you have to drink today? I mean, I'm I'm just checking. I'm just checking. (laughs) Do you need some concussion notes, Frank? Apparently I do. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently I do. Well, but and but the I I won't say I'm sorry I didn't mean to knock you off there. No, that's fine. Go ahead. Uh, I think the the real juicy story, one the one we're holding our breath for at least for about another month or a little less than a month, is uh, Georgia between our pal. I can't even say I can't say with a straight face. Ooh. Oh, okay. Our we boy went, uh Our boy. <laughs> Our boy Herschel Walker and uh, the good uh, Reverend Raphael Warnick. Yeah, um, yeah. Be- because neither of them got 50% of the vote, they are now in a runoff, which will be done 
December what fourth, fifth, something like that. Sixth. I think it's December sixth. Okay. I could be wrong, but I do think it's that. The cool thing though is today, um, Herschel Walker was spotted at a Foot Locker buying new shoes so that he would be ready for the runoff on December sixth. <laughs> Um, now, I will say that, you know, if it's a 40, Herschel Walker probably is going to be better at that than uh, the Reverend Warnock. At that. And that, that really might be it. But in uh, in continuing election... In every other metric, though, he falls behind. <laughs> I, I think that went without saying. I'm just gonna <laughs> just going to say that. But... Meanwhile, we have uh, Fetterman over Oz in Pennsylvania. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Speaking of those two elections, I literally on my feed saw somebody in back-to-back posts that was saying, you know, Herschel Walker looks like is going to take this. Thank God we're going to get that dim out of office. And then they talked about how, do you really want somebody who has the... Mental challenges Fetterman has in the Senate. What? Are you aware who you were supporting in the first minute there? First of all, Fetterman's going to keep getting better. Yes. <laughs> that That is true. Because he's Second, made yes. what I understand is a remarkable recovery. Yes. So. Second of all, no telling how long it's going to be before Herschel Walker sticks a gun to another female's head. So, God almighty. <laughs> and... If that happens and he's a sitting senator, that would be kind of... I wish I could say that would be embarrassing for the Republican Party, but they have no shame, so... it would Clearly. There is no disqualifying thing that anyone that is a Republican can do for the Republicans to not vote for them at this point in time. Speaking of which, J.D. Vance squeaked in. Squeaked. Yeah. Over there in Ohio. Remember, this guy hated him some Trump and then thought better of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that. Yeah, and it looks like Mark Kelly is probably going to win in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a chance too that uh, that race that's still being counted in Nevada that the Democrat mm-hmm. may win because mm-hmm. I guess the parts that aren't counted are more Democrat leaning districts or precincts, whatever. Mm-hmm. So there is a chance on that one, and if the Democrats win both of those. Warnock would just be icing on the cake. <laughs> it would be. So it would speak. be. But it, it would be. So we can only hope that that happens. First of all, the red wave did not happen like they said <laughs> that it was going to. One of my least favorite conservative pundits did come up with a funny joke. He said it was less of a red wave than it was a red wedding. I <laughs> yeah. say. I say, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How dare you? How dare I, you be funny and I hate you? <laughs> I I saw one on TikTok and I laughed my ass off, even though it is slightly graphic. Mm. But this female goes, that was not a red wave. She goes, that wasn't even, um, that wasn't even the panty liner use on a light flow day. Wave. Oh my! Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh damn, <laughs> that is bad." That, that is funny. bad because yes, because <laughs> those of those of us that go through that know exactly what she meant. <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" But you know, ouch, 
Ouch, baby, ouch. <laughs> so we'll we'll uh-huh. continue. Yeah, yeah. That's that's we'll continue to sit with semi bated breath and see what the weekend brings us as far as uh, Nevada and Arizona. So yeah, there's yeah. there's that there's that. So you know, no cries of fraud, no no cries of election fraud. So <laughs> well, I those mean, of us, those Colorado of us District Three, clearly the Republicans cheated in that one. It was clearly. For yes. Lauren Bobart, and they just mm. made it look really close so that mm-hmm. people wouldn't mm-hmm. suspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. a, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope she's I hope she's taking this time to reevaluate some things. I I doubt it. I said I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe her and her husband can go celebrate in a bowling alley when if they win. Bless. Oh, oh no, so that's right. Precious. She's not allowed in bullied alleys anymore. <gasps> you were getting to that, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But whatever the outcome, uh, we'll still be here talking about it long after, you know. Yeah, because it's gonna have it's gonna have some uh, long lasting effects because mm-hmm. the Republicans probably are going to take the house. And mm-hmm. they are going to try to impeach Biden every other week. Mm-hmm. Once a mm-hmm. month, there's going to be a new one. doesn't matter if there are any actual crimes that would have been committed. They are still going to, they are still just going to just do it. Just, mm-hmm. just cause. Now they say that they're going to have an investigation into the investigation into J6. I do not believe that that will happen because mm. to do so, it will expose their members culpability in J6 more so than the J6 committee is going to and I don't think they're going to want that so I actually don't think they will I mean is this just a thing for them like literally thinking two steps behind is that a thing because this this is what they do this is their thing we're going to do this 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 and this and anybody with eyes or one eye or none can clearly see that all this stuff they say they're going to do is going to backfire. Everybody but them. Yeah. It's though the threat of it is enough. They're just doing it out of spite. I, I still, as I asked in our episode that came up, are conservatives and Republicans, once, if, if the Republicans take control of both houses and they pass their sunsetting of Social Security, which they then claim, well, we're going to revote it in every year. Once it goes away, there ain't a guarantee that it's going to be revoted in every year. Number mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and Joe Biden vetoes that bill. Are they suddenly going to have something good to say about Joe Biden? They haven't had anything good to say about Joe Biden forever, right? So, it's but just he would be saving their Social Security. No, no, they're not worried <laughs> about Social Security because those idiots get pensions. So, however long they serve, once they get done serving, they're guaranteed no, some no. money. I'm talking normal people, like the oh, normal oh, oh. conservative my bad, my voter. Bad, bad. That's like, because those are a lot of them are boomers who are dependent on their social security. Correct. Again, I don't, I, I get, I don't know if they have, I don't know if the mindset is just as long as it lasts until I die. I'm not right. worried about my kids or my grandkids or whoever else comes after me. I don't know if that's the mindset. And forgive me, I, it sounds bad, but I don't. That's the only way I can think of it. Like, why would you deliberately 
shoot yourself in the foot and then complain that you can't walk right. Yeah. It makes zero sense to me. So, yeah. I, I mean, but think about it's whatever that mindset is, it's the same one that's been pervasive since 2015 when they let that chump in the office to begin with. Yeah. It's the same mindset that they think that him and all his cronies are saying something beneficial that's good for them. And they, for some reason, they can't see past that half inch thick layer of bullshit. That's not even that much bullshit that they have to go through. It just comforts them mm-hmm. to believe that someone is on their side. It's, it's weird. So, it's so weird. if they do get rid of it though, all of us that have paid in, you know, it's one thing if you're 23 and you only have a couple of years of paying into social security, but someone mm-hmm. like you and I, we've paid into it for a considerable length of time. Are they going to cut everybody a check for the money that they put into it so that we can have our money that we put into it? Because it's different than normal taxes because you do Mm -hmm. pay into it. Mm -hmm. Are they going to give us our money back? And if not, can we class action lawsuit the House of Representatives in the Senate to get our freaking money back? (laughs) We don't. I I can't remember the last time I actually got a statement. Remember we used to get the statements that showed how much you contributed? We don't even get those anymore. So I can go ahead and, and reliably say no. <laughs> oh, I know they're not going if, to. If worse comes to worse, we get to Jack. We don't even get the courtesy of a paper once a year saying this is what you paid in. We don't get that anymore. We just kind of have to like go back on our check stubs and guess like, eh, it might have been this high. <laughs> don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll and then people will act like, well, we didn't know they were going to do that. How? They literally, the bill exists right now in mm-hmm. the Senate. Mm-hmm. That's the Tim Scott bill that it sunsets in five years. There's another guy that's put one in that it sunsets in one. And yet they think you, they think that people would care enough. Well, I'll take it back. It's not about caring. It's about what they choose to quote unquote prioritize when the time comes around to vote it back in. Oh, no, well, we need that somewhere else. Oh, we need that money somewhere else. Oh, well, we can't. Oh, well, we can't. There's going to be excuse after excuse after excuse when it comes time to revisit it. So, yeah. again, if if folks really want to shoot themselves in the foot over this one, hmm, I, I'm, I'm at a loss on trying to figure out why this is supposed to be a good idea. It doesn't seem like a good one to me. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm, me neither. And then people just start voting against their own self-interest <laughs> in this past election because that's been out there. Of course, it helps when you have things like Fox News and OAN and Newsmax that have completely neglected to mention anything about you know that Social Security bill to the point to where even I think it was I think it was uh, the illustrious always telling the truth, Sean Hannity, that said, the Democrats are scaremongering you saying that they're going to get rid of Social Security. There is no Republican that has said that. And then they flash over to Mike Lee, the senator from Utah, saying, and if I get elected, we are going to get rid of Social Security. As he holds up a 422-page bill detailing how they're going to get rid of Social Security. But don't yeah. worry about that, folks. It's not really going to happen. They're just fear-mongering. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, Jesus. Mm. We're going to find out. We are. 
We are going to find out. But Mm. yeah, it that whole night was just so weird because it just I don't know. It was just an odd, (laughs) an odd voting night. Um, I'm glad that there was not a red wave. Um, But in some places, like here in Oklahoma, it went way worse than I I expected it to go. I thought some of the races were going to be a little closer. They were not. Mm-hmm. Stitt destroyed Hoffmeister mm-hmm. here in Oklahoma. And that dude, I think the only more in the last 20 years politician that's probably even more crooked than him is Donald Trump. Hmm. Um, he, uh, he was awful and he destroyed her. And the Republicans won for both uh, Senate seats that were open, which I expected. But the one here in this state that I'm still just flabbergasted by is uh, this dude named Ryan Walters won the election for state superintendent. He has never been a teacher. I believe his children were homeschooled. He has nothing to do with education, has never worked in any education-adjacent type job. Stitt nominated him to be the secretary of education, which I don't get. He got that position, yada, yada, yada. So that's his only qualification to be state superintendent. The other person is a teacher and, you know, knows a thing or two about education. But Walters, the guy who won, one of the platforms he was running on, that if he gets elected state superintendent, he's going to refuse all federal funds for education. We're 49th in education funding. As I remember, I, I don't know if we talked about it on a previous episode or I may have read it. I think we talked about it. We talked where, about it, yeah. Yeah, where he was saying he was refusing the funds because he didn't want the curriculum to be dictated. Yeah. Like, what exactly do you think would be dictated to you? Something like CRT, which has never been dictated to any grade school child in the history of never? Yeah. Yeah, especially okay. since they've passed a law in Oklahoma that has made CRT illegal. They can't teach it. So... The thing of it is, again, you can't, how do you, how do you ban something that was never a bannable thing? The The point is moot. Well, but it misses yes. them clearly. Right. Yes. But <laughs> I'm just like, why would you knowingly elect a guy that's going to take something that were 49th? Only Mississippi's worse. Yep. And, you know, when your goal is to make, and I'm not dogging like American Samoa here. But their territory, way, way smaller in terms of population and everything in Oklahoma. If you're going to put them ahead of us in terms of education spending, you know, to to quote Mr. Garvey, one of the greatest teachers in the history of the world, you done messed up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> Insubordinate. <laughs> and churlish. That you know what? That's just going to be our slogan for this midterm election: insubordinate <laughs> and churlish. The whole thing, the whole damn thing. But again, we're we're still pending, so we can make that our pending slogan. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's uh... we'll see, we'll see. Anyway, that was enough of my local local elections. I I just I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can at least see the other ones, but that one's like what? 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 Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. Anyway. I don't know. Mm. It's the weaponization of the Bubba. <laughs> it is a hell of a weapon. <gasps> Woo! Boy. Should have never gave him pickup trucks. Okay. 
I'm not dunking out our hometown. I swear I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, um, I believe before we go any further, we're going to have a little pause pause. Yeah, we definitely should have a little pause pause. And uh, we will uh, enjoy this message from our sponsor. Hey, listening friends, Jack here. And I would like to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode. And that sponsor is Atlas. Atlas is a branding, web development, and content marketing agency. As a business owner, your day-to-day is uncharted enough. From branding and web design to content marketing, Atlas will help you navigate this digital terrain with ease. In today's world, social media is a great tool. However, you need to have a concrete, focused plan on how to use it. And that's where Atlas comes in. Atlas can help you navigate this modern digital world. And on top of that, Atlas can also help you with traditional means of marketing. So if you would like to book your free consultation, please visit atlasokc.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-O-K-C.com for your free consultation. Okay, we're back. That was that was good. So I was going to ask, how about uh, the local elections there in Virginia? Did did it make you cry? Were you blasé about it? Were you bleh about a little, it? a little a little blasé? I mentioned Elaine Luria. She unfortunately lost. Yes. Um, I feel bad about that because I hated her opponent's ads because they were so chock full of crap. Mm-hmm. But we get what we get. And again, I wasn't in her district, but uh, a representative for our district, he won. He's he's been the incumbent for a while, Bobby Scott. So he's in again. So I'm 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 glad for that. But all in all, I mean, I'm I'm blasé about it. Really, I've I've been blasé since the rest of these Virginians put uh, that dude in the governor's office. So mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, our local elections weren't a huge surprise to me. The 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 gentleman I know that was running for a special seat on the city council, unfortunately, he didn't make it, but he had a good showing. So my hat's off to him. I hope he puts his hat in the ring again if it comes up. So that's how it went here in, in, in the Commonwealth. I guess the one good thing about the midterms is it looks like maybe... Uh, Orange Jesus is losing his grip a little bit because a lot of his people did not win. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the consensus, yes. And uh, my favorite was as he was being interviewed on Monday was they asked, uh, a reporter asked asked him how, you know, if he's responsible for anything, if there's a red in his... Trump's response was, well, if there's an overwhelming win, of course it's all me. But if they lose, that's all on the candidates because I'm not the one running. That's one of the more Donald Trump things that you can hear. And the thing that's also killing me is mm. Mm. <laughs> with, with, with these damn trumpets, they're fine with grabbing by the puss. Mm. They're fine with multiple, you know, people coming after him that he sexually assaulted or raped. 
They're fine with him hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, even though they all say he never really did anything. He was just going, okay, whatever. They're yeah. fine with him being with, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell. They're fine with him wanting to bang his daughter. They're mm. fine with him making fun of a reporter that had whatever the special need interest was. I don't remember. Um, that The point is that he was a, a dick to that person. Making I mean, fun of them on stage. But he calls Ron DeSantis Ron DeSanctimonious, and that's the line that Trumpers can't get over. Oh, I'm so I'm so mad we forgot about DeSanctified. Um, him and Rubio pulling yeah. out in Florida. Bless him. I, I'm sorry. He's he's intimidated by that man because DeSantos has firmly put himself in a very good spot for 2024. Period. Yeah. Point and, blank. And DeSantis isn't afraid of Trump. Correct. That's the problem. Most other Republicans, I don't know if they're afraid of Trump. They're afraid of him weaponizing the Bubba. Mm-hmm. And DeSantis isn't afraid of that. Mm. And I think that's what scares Trump because bullies don't know how to handle it when people aren't afraid of them. Correct. So we're, that's one of the, that's one of those things I personally am not waiting with bated breath for. But it will be interesting to watch in the next, well, in the next year, because that'll be about the time that we'll hear, you know, who's running for the Republican nomination. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. He actually said that, um, Trump, I guess in one of his truth rants or whatever, that, uh, DeSantis better back down because he has some information on him that he will gladly share. Like, Trump, you know, blackmailing people on social platforms and threatening violence is going to come back to haunt you, perhaps. But the fact that he's not sitting in jail right now continues to lead him to believe that he can say whatever he wants. So he's going to. Yeah. And I don't know if this is true or not. Um, something I saw on TikTok, I didn't verify it. So, you know, take this with a with a grain of sea salt. Um, apparently, the DOJ has a press conference for next Monday or Tuesday that is being given by uh, Marlon about the whole thing. Yeah, or, uh, they didn't say what it was about, but if he's doing the press conference, it leads me to believe that it's probably a pretty big thing. Uh. Because the Attorney General doesn't come out on, you know, for press conferences about arresting a bunch of Crips in L.A. True. Guess we'll find out about that too. Good gravy. So, who knows? Don't get, don't get my hopes up. Well, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're on the subject of orange Jesus, mm. so I saw this this footage of somebody that was interviewing the Queen um, earlier this year, and they were talking about how. You know, it's protocol that when you're with the queen, you either walk next to her or behind her. You do not walk in front of her. And so it showed the footage of her and Trump walking, and he's just walking in front of her, completely disregarding protocol. And um, <laughs> so then they flash forward to the person that's interviewing her and his deal. And they're walking outside, and he's walking next to her, and he's questioning her, and then a plane flies overhead. And the queen jokingly says, she's like, it's like they always know when you're talking. And they, that's when they always choose to fly over, like joking. 
And mm. so the the reporter kind of looked at her and laughed, and she goes, "Although it does sound that is what it sounds like walking behind Trump." <laughs> wow! <laughs> Who knew she had shade? <laughs> oh no! She was making fun of him for being gassy. <laughs> is it was it gassy or was it just? Was it just the sound of the breeze going through that abominable hairpiece that he no. continues to wear? She, or she both? Was, she, well, maybe both, but she well, was talking well, about the gassiness nature of it. Jeez. No, 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 no. Of course, Not there's a, the great Trump depends mystery from his interview on Hannity. So. I don't, no, we don't, no, 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 no. I was just there. like, damn, <laughs> if you have the queen throwing shade at you, a 90, what was it, 94 year old woman? <laughs> she was, she was a sassy one. She was a sassy one. Woo, goodness oh, gracious. I, damn, that was. That was awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, oh, there's that. There is that. With sorry to go down that childish. You're not you're not sorry, but we are we are going to press on though. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Orange Jesus segment has been brought to you by Cheetos. <laughs> not even the flaming hot. But anyway. <laughs> Scooching right along. Scooching right along. We're kind of taking a turn, a little bit more sober turn um, on our topic today. We've, you know, discussed our current events. So um, the remainder of our episode, we're going to touch on a historical event. And this was actually suggested a couple of months ago by my fair co-host. And I don't know, we might have put a pin in it. But we just recently came back to it and decided we wanted to go ahead and and talk about this week, um, in part because there has been a recent uh, release of um, it's not a documentary; it's more like a biopic of the story itself. It might be the first one big movie depiction of, of this of this particular subject, and it is about Emmett Till. Yes. So, listening friends, um, even though you see this story come up from time to time, I think it's always probably been in the national consciousness is one of the most horrendous depictions of what hate can do. Um, can, can, I, I, can I interject real quick? Because so, it sure. ties into what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Emmett Till has been in the consciousness of the black community. Not the white community. I did not hear. You know my love of history, right? Mm-hmm. You know that I probably know more about history than just the average person. I you did might. not hear about Emmett Till till I was 39 years old. This is why CRT should be taught. Mm. Right? Yes. This is when, why it should be taught. And if we, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to, to but. Yeah, no, I, I'm mad because this is something that I should not have found out about at 39. This is something I should have found out about at nine. And if we take your experience as, I guess, the the common experience of, of, of white America, then yes, it isn't something. When I say it's been in the consciousness, that is true for most of black America, yes. For a lot of black America, yes, over the years. 
Um, granted, I didn't learn about him until I was in college. What's um, <laughs> you know that this is an important well, thing. <laughs> I'll put it this way: I, I I heard about some of it in high school here and there, but I didn't get a deeper understanding of the incident until I was in college. And then you know, as years went, and I would hear his name brought up, and then of course you know, internet appeared and knowledge at our fingertips. So every time it came to me, I would go in and read up or I would see updates about, and there have been updates about this story over the years. And I would always go in and I would just go down the rabbit hole, just reading, just reading, just reading. Mm -hmm. So in conjunction with uh, the release of um, the movie simply called Till, um, we decided we want to talk about, and let me see, I made it a point I didn't know if I wanted to see the movie, but I finally decided um, earlier this week that I wanted to. So me and my mother went to go see it a couple of nights ago. And when I tell you it is tremendous, it is. It is. And the way like that the... Best Picture Tremendous? I don't know that they'll, they'll want to do a Best Picture. They maybe should. But I can definitely... I can definitely see a Best Actress for... Uh, the actress who portrayed uh, maybe maybe Till Mowgli. Uh, her name mm -hmm. is Danielle Deadweiler. And when I tell you, I've seen her in two or three other projects before this. When I tell you she is one to watch, I'm not kidding. When I, I have no words to describe how she handled this, how she handled this performance. When you talk about, when you talk about someone going through the most unimaginable thing, in their life, losing a child and not mm -hmm. just losing a child, but losing him in the way that she did. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. That is, that is my recommendation. See that movie. And because she wanted people to bear witness to what happened to her only child, I recommend it because I think we should all bear witness. So, but, um, a little background on, uh, Mamie Till Mobley. And at the time, um, when this happened, she was actually Mamie Till Bradley. Um, she got married sometime after, um, what happened with her son. So she was known from then on out as Mamie Till Mobley. But she was born in Webb, Mississippi, and her father moved to Chicago not too long after she was born in 1922. It's part of the Great Migration. And just a little offshoot, the Great Migration is actually two different events where um, where the northern part of the country saw the introduction of the industrial age, mm -hmm. so to speak. And so many southern blacks moved north to bigger cities up north to secure those jobs and better opportunities. And a lot of those places, uh, Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, areas like that. So her family was one of those families that migrated up north. Her father went first in 22, and she moved with her mother and brother in 1924. Um, um, there's an excellent documentary that Henry Louis Gates mm -hmm. uh, put out a couple of years ago, and it was about, it. it's more about religion in the African-American community, mm -hmm. but there are several very informative parts that talk about the great migrations. And if that's something that you're interested in learning, 
I can't think of the name of what it was, but I'm sure that if you Google Henry Louis Gates, you can find out what it was. It was on PBS, as most of his things are. <laughs> highly, highly worth watching because it does tie into the Great Migration, which mm-hmm. ties into what we're talking about now. So I'll yeah. let you get back to it. I just wanted to put that out there. Well, just to piggyback on, there's also a very good book, which I have in my own, called The Warmth of Other Suns which is focused solely on the Great Migration. So that is a, a, another one of you into reading as well. So looking at that, listening, friends. Mamie was actually married three times. Um, she married Lewis Till at the age of 18, and she gave birth to her only son, Emmett. However, her and her husband separated in 1942, and there were repeated incidences, apparently, of domestic abuse. And he, uh, the husband... Lewis was arrested several times and the judge, after the latest incident, gave him an option. Go to jail or go in the military. He went in the military. Apparently, what happened with him is that he was overseas, I believe in Italy, and was charged with and convicted of raping a local Italian woman and was executed in 1945. But that story is is debatable. Keep that in mind Interesting. because that story factors into the rest of this. After his death, um, she married to, she was married to a man named Pink Bradley for that was about a year, 51 to 52. And then after that, for some years, she raised her only son, Emma, as a single mother. So in uh, August of 1955, she makes the decision to send him down south. There was still family of hers that lived down south. So at the urging of her mother or suggestion, I guess you could say, she sends her son, Emmett Lewis, on a train down to a little place called Money, Mississippi, where he was to stay with his great uncle and his family for two weeks. And she was very close to her son as 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 single mothers. I can attest to this. Single mothers often are attached to their children a little bit closer. I don't know how to describe it, and I'm not discounting. Anybody else's experience, but I get it. She was a little apprehensive on sending him down there because Chicago, though segregated to an extent, was no nothing like what Mississippi still was in 1955. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently he was a very gregarious young man, 14 at the time. He was a jokester. He liked attention, really friendly boy. She was apprehensive that he would not know how to quote unquote act properly down there when around mm-hmm. white people. So about a week after a you know, week into his trip, um, some of his cousins and a few friends stopped at the Bryant grocery and meat market located there in money, Mississippi on the afternoon of August 21st. This is where conflicting stories about what happened come into play. Okay. Emmett goes into the store apparently just to buy some candy. And one of his cousins follows him in shortly after that. Well, when there was, like I said, there's a couple cousins with him. One cousin said that they were teasing Emmett because Emmett had a picture that came with a brand new wallet that his mother had just bought him before he left. It was a picture in the wallet of a white woman, like the standard one that comes in the, you know, when the wallets had the, right. the, the photo things. He was joking with him, saying, you know, that was his girlfriend, some such thing. Another cousin said none of that happened. Hmm. Nonetheless, 
what the the consensus was is that something something happened that Emmett did that the white woman that was manning the store that day didn't like, and that woman's name was Carolyn Bryant, and her and her her husband were co co owners of the store, but she was the only one working it that day. So Emmett and his cousin come out of the store, and apparently Emmett whistles, whether it was at her or whether it was. According to some um, interpretations, he was whistling at a checkers game that was happening outside. They don't know. Again, a lot of conflicting stories about what exactly happened. Right. But um, he whistled. He contracted polio at the age of five. And from then on, he had a stutter. So his mother taught him to learn how to whistle to be able to form certain words. So that might have been why he was whistling. Nonetheless, whatever the reason, the cousins and the other men that were outside the store got nervous because Caroline got upset. She runs to her nearby car, gets a gun. They get in the car and take off. Several days pass. Mm-hmm. They haven't yes. heard anything. And so they're thinking, you know, okay, maybe she didn't tell anybody. We're okay. Nothing's happened. So they thought, unfortunately. A few days Again, a few days had passed, and Carolyn's husband was actually out to sea until the 27th. And when he came back, he found out about this incident from somebody else who was at the store at the time that witnessed what happened. Carolyn didn't tell him. So when he confronted her, she told him her version of what happened. So by asking around in the neighborhood, including asking you know several young black men that came in the store, Who's, who was it that was in here that day? Do you know who that was? He finds out that the young man involved was down from Chicago and that he was staying with someone local. So mm-hmm. he manages to track young Emmett down at his great uncle's house. And in the early morning of August 28th, he and his brother-in-law, uh, a fellow by the name of J.W. Millam, bang on the door, demand entrance holds the family at gunpoint and demands to know which one of you is so-and-so. And And again, differing accounts on whether Mm -hmm. or not Emmett identified himself or if someone outside that was with these men identified him. Nonetheless, they snatched his boy out of this house, took him to a barn in in a town nearby, and um, proceeded to beat him. So his great uncle stays up all night waiting to see if they'll bring him back. Of course, he gets no word. And finally, it was one of his sons, Emmett's cousin, that called the local sheriff and reported him missing. They told him, yeah, these two men came and got him in the middle of the night. So the sheriff goes and questions them. And the men are like, oh, yeah, we took him, but we dropped him back off in front of the store. Okay. So that's that's where things sat. For Mm -hmm. the next three days until two young boys fishing in the Tallahatchie River found body. Mm -hmm. And the only way they could identify the body, and the body was first identified by the great uncle. But the only way that they could identify the body was by a ring that the young man was wearing that happened to be his father's ring. Yeah. And they get word back to Chicago and to his mother. And it goes without saying that you can't imagine what that was like. Yeah. Um, and at first, 
you know, the authorities down there in Mississippi just wanted to bury him there. She's like, no, you sent him back home. And it just so happened that she had a distant cousin that was affiliated with, I believe, an attorney that worked with the local NWACP chapter. They reached out to the the local chapter in Mississippi and they arranged to have the boy sent home. So, and she was dating somebody at the time who she, again, later on married. And with him, she goes to the mortuary to view his body. And that is where we get the first of the historical photos that I think a lot of people have have since seen mm-hmm. where she's there in the mortuary back office um, with her fiance behind her and they're showing her son's body. Um, eventually, what was found out was that the poor excuses for human beings that took him um, had beaten him, shot him in the head, and then went to a nearby cotton gin where they stole a 70-pound fan from the motor, tied it around him with barbed wire, and threw him in the river. Um, so remarkably enough, sheriff arrests him. Uh, the prosecutor gets an indictment. They go to trial, which unto itself at that time was... Kind of amazing. Uh-huh. And even, but even the prosecutor said, I don't know that we'll get a conviction. Hmm. So the trial happens um, a little bit later. All white, all male jury. That is shocking. Isn't it? Um, Of course, the courtroom was segregated. Uh, Mamie ended up going down to Mississippi to testify. Even knowing what could happen, it didn't matter to her because this is her child. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she testifies. And what the what the defense team brought up was, well, did you have an insurance policy out on him? How much? What they tried to infer was there was no way that they could positively ID the body because it had been so badly decomposed. You couldn't tell if that person had been black or white or whatever. So they claimed that they had faked the boy's death and they were trying to collect insurance. Of course. Yes. Um, they tried to infer that she didn't do a good enough job of instructing him how he should act around white people, victim blaming. Mm-hmm. And then this is where we come back to what happened with her first husband. They they tried to infer that somehow, because of what her first husband supposedly did, that she was suspect and then therefore her son was suspect. There was all sorts of disgusting things that they threw out there trying to, to blaspheme her and her child. But um, in the end, of course, we know what the outcome was of that. Um, Bryant and Milliam were found not guilty. And there is there are pictures out there of the two of them immediately after trial outside the courthouse with their wives laughing and smoking cigars. So, needless to say, um... After that, Mamie became a very um, active uh, participant in the civil rights movement. And, and unfortunately, as unfortunately, as unfortunate and devastating of an event as her son's death was, it became a catalyst, along with other things, to push mm-hmm. forward the civil rights movement. And she became a very active member in that movement. So it's, it's, it's difficult 
No, it's impossible to wrap your mind around what, 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 what can the depths of depravity that someone has to have to do this to a child. Mm-hmm. And then yep. several months after that, these two clowns accept $4,000 payments to do an interview with Look Magazine where they confess to it. And we're proud because they felt like they need to put that boy back in his place was, was pretty much, you know, their, their opinion of it. They need to put him back in his place. How dare he do what he did? And Carolyn Bryant got up at trial and claimed that not only did Emmett say some distasteful, disrespectful things, but he came behind the counter where she was and grabbed her. Right. Hmm. Sure. Never mind that in 2017, we're jumping forward. I was going to say, off- wasn't there some sort of thing she said on her deathbed or something? Is that what you were getting to? She's still alive. Oh, okay. I'm, I must be thinking about the other time that white people lied about something like that. The other, other, other times? <laughs> yes. <laughs> apparently, apparently she was being interviewed for uh, a book that someone was writing back in 2017 where she says, none of that happened. Hmm. Fancy yeah. that. Interestingly enough, though, even though the author has this information in his notes, and this, this guy is named Timothy Tyson, a Duke University professor. He had it in his notes that she says none of this happened, but interestingly enough, the tapes that he was recording the interview on don't have this on there. Hmm. Interesting. It's it's interesting that a lot of this story has so many conflicting accounts. Yeah. <laughs> but just as you've gone through this, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, when we first started, mm-hmm. this is... All crime, you know, where you where crap like this happens is horrific. Mm-hmm. This one's just sort of notable, and it should, this should be taught. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. I, I understand that you can't have, I mean, let's be honest, it probably happened tens of thousands of times throughout since the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, but this should be the example of this type of crime that was committed and it needs to be taught in schools and you should not be 39 years old before you have even heard the name Emmett Till. And this is why CRT (laughs) needs to be expanded. And I know that CRT really deals more with systemic racism that's built into the systems that we live in, but this Mm -hmm. is an offshoot of that. Mm -hmm. And it, it needs to be, taught and mm-hmm. i can't help but to feel like is it lying by omission i guess maybe <laughs> you know growing it, i'm not sure how to phrase that it's but. another t- to me it's simply an another way to make white people feel comfortable right here's the thing if things like this weren't still happening there wouldn't right. be that measure of uncomfortability. I think people need to uh, to acknowledge what really is making them uncomfortable before we sit here and say that a story like this doesn't have relevance right now. 
You know what I mean? Oh, no, it clearly has relevance right now. That, that's for, like my point. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. For us, we know that. We, <laughs> but, yeah. we, we know that, but there are people that don't know it or have heard the bare, the bare minimum of the story. And while they say that's tragic, that's horrible, they're also saying, well, what does that matter now? It matters. Yeah, it matters. It's still maybe not that horribly disfigured in terms of the crime committed, but it's still mm. happening. Yes, it is. And for and equally stupid-ass, dumb-ass, well, he was walking through our neighborhood. Okay. Mm. People people walk. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. He had a bag of Skittles, and we all know black people don't like Skittles. Clearly exactly he stole that. it from a white person, so I'm going to have to follow him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the exact same thing and this story still resonates on its own because as recently and i think this was august yes this is past august this year a grand jury was convened to decide whether or not to indict carolyn bryant on charges of kidnapping and manslaughter because of what her well she divorced him you know before he passed but they declined to indict her if the Israelis can go and find Nazis that are 104 years old, arrest them, and then try them for being Nazis from World War II, I feel like we could indict her. No. And never mind that there was an arrest warrant found in the basement of a courthouse by a team that was researching a documentary on this. Never mind that. Yeah. But somehow, her saying that what happened really didn't happen knowing that there was intent to arrest her back then, and then she still sits wherever she is, thinking whatever she's thinking. And for me, I, I, I can only speak for me. I, I don't care what she has to say. Apologies do nothing. Yeah. Apologies do nothing because what you said into that boy's life and his mother and his stepfather are now gone. They don't get to hear it. So what's the point? I just need her right. to go ahead and continue to shrivel up wherever she is. And I, I hope this has haunted her for the last 60-something years. I hope it has. I, that's that's my I hope, hope it for has her. too. <laughs> probably hasn't. But no. Yeah, and this is something that we've talked about Um History is often full of horrible, horrible things. Mm-hmm. And it's the knowing about the horrible, horrible things, acknowledging the horrible, horrible things that can lead to a changing of the consciousness, like the group consciousness of wherever you are, so that perhaps that horrible, horrible thing doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And this is something that people need to know about. And I'm glad that a movie has been made about it that, while I'm sure it is incredibly, you probably need to take a box of Kleenex with you when you go into that film. I suggest it. <laughs> I suggest it. it. It's just an important thing that we need to know about. And it's stuff like that that, it's not that more of it needs to be made, but more of it needs to be made. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't mean it in like a, it needs it needs to be done to open up the consciousness of people that don't think that anything that has happened in the past has 
happened or was as bad as it's not that it's made out to be, but that it was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. It it needs to be it needs to be put in the public consciousness, and that's that's really all I could say is it's it's irritating to me that I didn't find out about this till I was almost a forty year old man. I get it. I get it. But it is, there's some cold comfort to know that also this year, uh, the Senate voted toward both Emmett and his mother, the Congressional Gold Medal. That's and finally, after umpteen attempts in March, Congress passed the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act. I, I don't, I can't recall off the top of my head how many times they have attempted to pass an anti-lynching bill. And have gotten it chunked. Right. It's baffling to me. Like, how hard is it to say you can't do this to other human beings? How hard is that? But somehow, somebody, somewhere in those hollowed halls of law have found enough of a problem that it took this long to happen. Hmm. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I guess the, the, the good thing about this movie coming out is that... Gen Z will know about him until long before they are 39. Yes. That is the power of the internet. So. That is the power of the internet. So, again, listening friends, um, I, I cannot say it is an easy watch, but I think it's a necessary one along with, you know, if you're inclined to do your own research about the, the specifics and there's, like we mentioned, there, there's more than a few documentaries about, uh, out about this story. And there's countless articles and think pieces about not just, uh, not just about the incident itself, but the, the resonating events in, um, in that town now. The New York Times had a really good article. I want to say it was maybe last year. Year before, they had a really good article about what what this heinous this heinous thing has left uh, down there in that area in Mississippi. Um, and if I, if I remember what it said in the article, that the current owners of the land on which the barn sits, the owners didn't even really know what happened there until after they had bought the land. That tells you. That tells you. Just like you were saying, Jack. It tells you how little some people know about it. even people that live down there either that people won't speak about it or they forget they prefer to forget about it or whatever the case may be it's it's something that needs telling and it wouldn't need telling so bad i'll take it back it needs telling period but the urgency is amped up because we still see these things happening yes so and honestly, it needs to, the, really, the urgency is, honestly, to get it out, which they did, before mm-hmm. state legislatures make learning about something like that banned. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to hear about protecting the sensibilities of young white children if you're not at all equally concerned about protecting the sensibilities of every other child. Yeah. Because I understand this is not how the world works, especially the U.S. Mm-hmm. Because what should be protected is 
the interest of children. Correct. Any anything before that part, <laughs> any descriptor needs to be removed because it's children. Correct. And mm-hmm. if a child has to learn something that is uncomfortable, but it prevents the horrible thing happening 20 years in the future, it's worth studying about something that was horrible so that we don't do more horrible things 20 years down the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see a point of pride. And this actually, in talking about this, it actually just now reminds me of something I just saw earlier today. Um, it was a, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and assume safely that they were a couple of conservative pundits and we, and we all know what kind of delightful sense of humor they have. And they had like a, they were, I guess, filming their little show and then they had a response video to a news clip of John Fetterman. And they were cracking jokes about Fetterman, about his, you know, his wardrobe or something to that effect. And then they said, oh, he sure likes his hoodies. And then the other guy says, well, where's Zimmerman when you need him? And then these two guys are sitting there laughing. Kick, 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 kick. I said, God, what? That's yeah. funny to you. That's funny. Violence against young people like that is funny to you. And I had it kind of like it it struck me still in that moment. Like it, it just like that laughter that they had is the same kind of laughter I imagine was had in that damn courtroom. Yeah. When they are then they had already decided that these two white men that had did this horrible thing did nothing wrong. That's it, it equated those two things for me over the years. I was just like, I was sick for a minute. Like, why is that funny? Why is that funny? Yeah. Because mm. they're mm. sick. That's too mild of a word. Because a sickness to me is something that happens to you that's not your fault. That is true. It's, yeah. These two clowns made a conscious decision to make a joke out of that. So. They can go ahead and with my express permission, go directly and immediately to the nearest help. That's it. That's what I've got. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've got, friends. That's what I've got. Yeah. And now that we've got everybody nice and depressed. We're not trying. I promise <laughs> we were not trying to be. We're not I trying know. to be. Like we've said again and again before, history is not always pretty, but it's necessary. Well, a lot of it is. A lot of what's necessary has been hidden from a lot of us for way too long. Mm -hmm. So. mm -hmm. We got to. Kenyatta and I are here to burst through these hidden parts of history like the Kool-Aid man through a wall. Pow! Pow! Hopefully I've brightened up the mood a little bit with the Kool-Aid man reference. Or Billy D. Williams with his Colt 45. <laughs> friends, listening friends, we always, 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 always thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Appreciate your support. Because um, we we know we've got listeners. Thanks, guys. We appreciate y'all sticking in with us week after week after week. Because we like what we do. We're going to keep doing it. Doggone it. And hopefully you follow us on one of the socials. We're on Facebook and the Gram. And there you can find information on how to 
donate to our happy little piggy bank, which we hope you do, because we'll continue to do it regardless. But a little help is always appreciated. So That it is. That it is. And on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. And it's not a nice bow, but it is a gift. It is a gift, friends. So. The gift of knowledge. Indeed. Indeed. On that note, everyone, we bid you adieu. Until next time. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Let us hear your feedback. You can find us on our website, podpage.com slash kenyatta-jack-save-the-world on Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W on Facebook or you can email us at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com You can also find further information about our chosen charities at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org And because we always want you to be good to yourselves and others, if you or anyone you know needs help or support, please check out the resources provided by the American Psychological Association at apa.org slash topics slash crisis dash topics. Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a production of Hyper Focus Podcast.